This is Keith and Kerwin of Fatherson Galaxy. We want to talk about a new podcast called The Redemption of Jar Jar Binks. After the return of Ahmad Best in The Mandalorian, it's time to revisit one of the most divisive characters to appear on the big screen. The podcast is hosted by Dylan Marin from Welcome to Night Vale and Conversations with People Who Hate Me. The six-episode series will discuss toxicity in the fandom, race, and what have we learned from this controversy more than 20 years later. Listen to The Redemption of Jar Jar Binks beginning June 28th, wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Keith. And I'm Kerwin, and we are Father Son Galaxy. Look, we get it. There's hundreds of Star Wars podcasts out there. Why this one? I've been a fan since I was 12 years old, and Keith, you're approaching the same age. Let's just say we have unique perspectives and opinions on how we view the galaxy. We have family-friendly conversations about the films, series, characters, books, and comics. So if you're a kid or a kid at heart, this is the podcast for you. So tune in to Father Shin Galaxy wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so we have seen Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, and it was a fun and thrilling ride. Oh, boy, please never watch that movie literally. for DX. <laughs> we were literally on a ride. The uh, the train sequence at the beginning was tumultuous. Like, I, I, I almost dropped my slushy. <laughs> okay, well, you know, that, that was actually, you're right. We have... Never seen a movie in 4K, right? So I thought, hey, you know, great idea. I think yeah, this like, would be oh, a perfect it's just movie. Yeah, going to be effects, to... you know. We're just going to be sitting down. <laughs> this would be the perfect movie to see in 4K. And you know? so I'll we went. I, well, that's what I was thinking. I'd never seen a 4K movie, and I thought this would be a great time to go see one. I thought it was just, you know, like, as you know, still visual effects like smoke or water. Yeah, or I thought we'd have 3D glasses. Yeah, depending. No, not 3D. No, I knew it wasn't 3D, but, well, you know, I was 4D expecting... 4D combines all the elements, so it's like 1D, yeah, 2D, which... 3D, and 4D. Okay, well, we didn't need 3D glasses, right? Yeah. Right. Because there were no 3D effects, which didn't exactly make sense. But I did expect that there would be the elements, like you say, like wind and rain and smoke and all that stuff, which was fine. But I had no idea that the seats were going to move. I mean, like, I'm, I, I was just, you know, my seats are shaking. I'm going up and down, you know, like you're at a, an amusement park. And then, you know, the oh, popcorn the is flying around. It was, was, it was strange. It was crazy. Yeah, it was, um, you know, it, it took some time for me to, you know, I think it distracted me from seeing the movie at first. But, then I, you know, as the movie went along, I, I got used to it. Well, but I anyway. was distracted. I heard them play the Indiana Jones theme twelve times. Well, that's 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 always a good thing. You can never have enough enough of that theme. All right. So thank you, everyone. So this is a spoiler review of Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. This is Father Son Galaxy. I am Kerwin. This is Keith. If you're new to the channel, thank you. Welcome. Just wanted to give you a heads up. This is a spoiler review. I always forget to say that at the beginning, but this time I remember. So if you have not seen the film, you want to, you know, turn us off, unfortunately, and watch us when you've seen it. Or if you don't care, or if you've already seen it, wonderful. Stick around. This is going to be a fun time to discuss. All right. So uh, let's get into it. And thank you for those who are joining us for the first time. All right. So you're right. You start off with the train sequence. You know, as we said, when we were prepping for the movie, that the beginning of the movie was going to start with a flashback, and it goes back to World War II sometime in the 1940s. We see India, D.H., Indiana Jones, and Harrison Ford has gone on the, the uh, interview circuit and explain how it works. You know, he, he says he, he, can, he can explain, but he doesn't really quite understand it, but that's okay. So we see that 
it is Harrison Ford. Apparently, there are photos of Ford taken by filmmakers in the past, Spielberg uh, or Lucas, whatever they have in their archive. And they took these photos of him when he was in his 30s and used it again to recreate Indy from, you know, from the 1940s. The only thing that they didn't do was... The age's voice. voice. So, you know, when you heard him, when you first uh, Indy speak for the first time, the de-aged Indy, you heard you didn't hear a thirty-five-year-old voice. You heard you heard, heard day Harrison Ford. Ford. <laughs> it was it was pretty interesting. But you didn't you know, hear thirty-five. You heard double thirty-five. Right, but it's it's fine. You know, it's you know, it's just something that didn't matter. You, yeah, it when was you like, heard it the first time, I was like, oh, okay. It was like twenty minutes. Yeah, it, it was fine. But look, the the, the fifteen minutes, the first fifteen minutes of the film was spectacular. It was so it was wonderful. Epic. You know, so, it started off. You want to go ahead and tell us? All about right. It? So basically. Yeah. Indy escapes the Nazis and somehow an atomic bomb drops into the floor, blows up. He's about to be executed. Somehow Indy survives it. And then this huge stone nearly falls down on his head. So he has to like untie the rope and then it's and then dodge. He's got a noose around his neck. Yeah, Yeah, I didn't want to say that. So anyway, he um he escapes. And he manages to find um, Basil, who got captured, interrogated, and beat up yeah. subsequently. And Basil is, you know, just Basil a, is um, uh, Helena's I, father. Well, right. We'll find out who Helena is, but you know, Basil is. Uh, I think he's also a, co- a college professor. Um, uh, I think yes. he's another archaeologist, just like Indy. And by the way, they're, they're um, friends. They know each other. Yes. Mm-hmm. So this is where we first meet Baller, and. Yeah. Played he, by Maz Mickelson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, like I was saying, this is when we first meet Voller, and he he's not that menacing at the beginning. He he kind of looks goofy with the glasses. <laughs> yeah. But he he's got um he's got Archimedes dial, which or half of it at least. So the thing is Archimedes broken in half to keep people from finding it. And he hid both the parts. One was already found and that one piece would lead you and that one piece would lead you to a little map that you can um that you have to then melt down because it's made of wax and wood, so you have to melt it down and find something, and then you get to the end. So basically, Voller has half of that. Um, Basil grabs it. They run. Voller tries to get it back. He gets clocked in the head by a train tower, and like one of those huge metal ones, and his head is like right there. And that thing comes at head level, like, right. I didn't even know that was Voller because of the because of how dark the shops were. I, I yeah. thought that was just some random Nazi scientist. I thought he was dead too, but so there's this chase scene, right? So once Indy escapes, yeah, right, he gets a in a car. Well, he gets in a car, he's driving. Well, he pretends he's a driver, but they realize that you know it's Indy, and you know, so the so the Nazis are oh, trying to grab funny? the steering wheel from him, and then he drives off and he's trying to get, you know, trying to, you know, uh Voller's on the train. So Indy is driving, trying to get to the train, and he gets to the train, and or does he take a motorcycle? I think he gets off, and he's on a motorcycle, and he jumps on the train from the motorcycle. He gets on top of the cars, and you see the scene in the uh, in the trailer where he is running on top of the cars, trying to find Basil and the dial. Yeah, mm-hmm. and like I said, 
I voler. I I really thought he was gone. Yeah. I thought I thought he was well accounted for. And also, funny thing, this is actually a callback to Solo. So the way that the Nazis figured out Indy was an imposter was because there was a bullet hole through his uniform, but he was still alive and he didn't look hurt. So that's how they figured it out. Solo. Yeah, because remember in Solo, Beckett had a blaster hole in his outfit, and that's how Han figured it out, because he's like, unless you heal quickly, you shot someone and stole that costume. Oh, I see. Okay. Remember I that? You. Yeah, yeah. Back on uh, Mimbin. I got you. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. Okay. Oh, Harrison Ford movie. Yeah, well, Harrison Ford wasn't in Solo, but it's his character. Oh, okay, well, uh, a movie about a <laughs> character with Harrison Ford. All right, I got played you. Played by Harrison Ford. No, we get it. We get it. You right. get it. Yeah, so we thought Volo was gone. Well, of course we knew he wasn't because he shows up in the rest of the yeah, movie. Yeah, and he shows up older. What, like what happened to him on the train? He was like, wow, how does anybody survive that? Yeah, you know what else? Yeah. I thought he'd at least have like a scar or something on his head. Yeah, yeah, nothing. So, Apparently not. Right. And then know, imagine that you just get hit in the head by a train track or trademark or whatever you call it, a, a train platform. Yeah. But, and then you just, you just pop up. Yeah, and what's very cool, there was a gunner on top of the cars, I oh, think, yeah, so right? Oh, yes, shooting and, the car. Yes, right, and there was shooting, and there was also planes flying yeah, So what happened was yeah. another atomic bomb fell, and it mm -hmm. hit the car, and then it started blasting around, and it kept going in circles. So what Indy and Basil did was they managed to escape it by going around it, and they survived, but the, they the jumped, cars did right? At some point, they jumped in the Yeah, and then they water. jumped in the ocean. Okay. And we thought that the dial was lost, but it wasn't. You know, yeah. you know, Indy, Indy managed to half of the it. dial, right, and gave it to Basil. All right. So, and that's how the scene pretty much ended. Um, so we're talking about this dial. Well, what is this dial of destiny? What does this mean? So the dial is actually, um, it's a, called the Antikythera, uh, which was created by Arch, Arch, I'm sorry, Archimedes, 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 who was a mathematician. So long time ago, back in the day, back in the, the BC era, um, he's a, a mathematician, a scientist. So apparently what they're saying in this film, that he was the one that created the dial back in the day. So that's why it was so valuable. So of course, like any Indiana Jones film, Indy has something that's of value and the bad guys want to take it away from him because they want to use it for their purposes, right? Okay. And then uh, as far as history goes, our Archimedes was actually a part of the Siege of Syracuse, which we'll talk about a little bit further. And um, at and... the very end, he got killed by a Roman warrior, yes. even though he had direct orders not to kill right, Archimedes. They were, right. They were told not to kill Archimedes and you know, they someone did. didn't listen, so didn't follow Somebody didn't so get the memo. He lost his life. And he was an inventor who actually helped protect the city of Syracuse. Um, yeah. But, you know, he lost his life. All right. So that's the dial. So that's what the dial By is. the way, mm -hmm. according to the fandom, Indiana Jones was born July 1st, 1899. So yesterday would have Happy been. Happy birthday. Yeah. Yesterday would have been his 123rd birthday. How about that? Yeah. So happy birthday, Indiana Jones. <laughs> okay. All right. 124th, actually. Yeah. Right. That's fine. All right. So now. Old man. Yeah. Yeah. And so now. <laughs> I mean, Indiana we cut Jones to. At this time. 1969. Mm -hmm. And 
Indiana Jones is now 70, you know, according to his age. Yep, he's um he's he's just sitting in a chair like Yeah, you saw and you saw this in a trailer and he looks disheveled. Um he looks out of it. He really he just doesn't yeah, just seem all of a sudden like he's in the right place. Yeah, we, we see this Indiana see Jones. This different who, side of Indy. Who and... looks like he's down his luck. You know, he's in this cramped New York City apartment. Mm -hmm. Um, he's got neighbors who are making noise downstairs. So he wakes up and he's crotchety. Um, you know, he's carrying... crotchety. Yeah, crotchety. Or, or or you know, uh, you know, he's a very uh you know. I don't know what other word. He's, like he's he's a he's he looks like very he old. And see your living. Yeah, right. He like he has an attitude problem, right? He's 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 grumpy, all right? Grumpy. So he's got this grumpy old man syndrome or something like mm -hmm. that, right? And, and he wakes up, and apparently, since when did Indy have a, a, a drinking problem? So yeah, so like, some reason so, they they really made Indy hit yeah. rock bottom. Like yeah. I know when we were reviewing the special look, we pulled out that Fandango interview, and they say, you know. Um, Indy's kind of not at his best. Yeah, I didn't think that meant strip everything away from the Yeah, man. I like, don't know. Okay, what happened? Heavy spoilers. Yeah. So I'll give you a thumbs up when the spoilers are over. If you don't, well, want to hear this it. entire episode is all spoilers. Yeah, but this is like the major spoilers. So if you don't want to hear them, turn okay. your volume down. All right. Anyway, um, Marion divorced him. Mutt enlisted in the army and apparently died. Um. Basil is also dead at this point in time. Yeah. And he has crazy neighbors who just will not stop playing music. And his goddaughter is kind of like, I don't know, he didn't even recognize her. So this is the first time he's seen his goddaughter in years. Like a good decade, I'd say. Well, okay, yeah. So here's, well... All right. So again, he's waking up at this apartment. You know, he's in New York City. We don't know why. Um, I don't think they ever explained why he was in New York City. Like maybe he's like at a, Hunter College. Yeah, so yeah. Guess, he's a, that's why right. He so City. he wakes up. He takes a drink. He goes downstairs to the neighbors to complain that they're making a lot of noise. And apparently, this is the day of the when the astronauts, Apollo Eleven astronauts, return from their uh, successful mission on the moon and. New York City, they're having a ticker tape parade. All right. So we'll talk about that parade a little bit more. So he, you know, like you said, you know, we find out eventually that, you know, he's alone, you know. Okay. Um, so he, you know, takes a train to Hunter College and he's in this classroom. Now, remember in the past when Indy gave uh, a lecture, his class was packed, mm -hmm. right? You know what else? Yes. He was so good at giving lectures yeah. that the kids, literally were in love with him like it's <laughs> right true yeah and right now he can't even keep anyone's attention no yeah he just... can't even keep the attention of anybody except his goddaughter yeah. and that's because she's related to him well and she also has an underlining uh underlying uh reason to to yeah. keep you know to to stay interested and we'll, we'll talk about so yeah so it's just very interesting what happened you know so we were talking about the crystal skull which took place in 1957 and now we're in 1969. So that's only 12 years, you know, in between. So a lot, for some reason, you know, it, we had a happy ending at the end of the Crystal yeah, Skull like where, Crystal you know, Indy and Marion really gets married. Set up everything then, really nicely. Like, yeah. you know, Mutt was about to pick up the hat and Indy's like, you know, no, thank you. I'm going to take this back. That's mine. And then him and Marion were happily married. You know, they walked down the aisle. 
Yeah. And everyone followed them. It was really happy. You know, Oxley was there yeah. at the wedding, yeah. which was really nice. You know, I wish they brought back Sean Connery so he could play, so he could play um, Henry Jones Senior to be there for the wedding. That would be really that nice. That would have been nice, yeah. But Sean was retired at the time. Yeah, I get that he was retired, yeah. but like he wasn't dead yet. Well, no, no, that's true. Yeah. Well, yeah, rest in peace. Yes, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Uh yeah. So, okay, so we pick up. So he's at Hunter Collars. Apparently it's his last day. <laughs> um, he's giving well, before we get to the retirement party, he is giving a lesson. It's um it's not I don't think it's anything related to archaeology, but it's a history lesson about the siege. Syracuse and the right? Antiquity so, era, right? And then you know, of course, that is a setup for what's going to happen later on in the film. So he has this retirement party. It seems bittersweet. Like he does, he doesn't look very happy. Um, you know, his you know his either. colleagues look happy for him, but it was, you know, like he doesn't seem like he was into it. So then, then that's when he meets Helena. He didn't recognize his goddaughter at first, and then they go and go to a, a bar and they talk it over. And she mentions to him that you know her dad. Um, talked about this dial of destiny and the dial was given to Indy right before her father Basil died and Indy promised that he was going to destroy this dial because this dial was going to be trouble if anybody if it falls into the wrong hands this can be used for evil Mm -hmm. Um, and guess what Indy never destroyed it he kept it locked and uh showed it to helena but it was necessary for it was necessary to keep time in place like by indiana jones not listening to basil he saved time okay more on that later yeah yeah. so on that note mm -hmm. and on that note okay so um you want to you want to go into the yes uh, what i want library part yes right so they're in the library so he shows her the dial and then apparently there are people who are after Helena, mm-hmm. right? So one of the um, one of the other kids in the class is Agent Mason. She's a CIA agent, and she's teacher, posing as a student, but she's not yeah, really she's a student. posing as a student. Yeah. She's not, and she's trying to work with the uh, Voller and Clabber to, you know, just kind of get them to chill. Yeah, like, Clabber so, is just uh, a yeah, henchman. He is. He works um, for Voller. Kind of crazy, like mm-hmm. he can't chill with that gun. Like, yeah, very interesting. Yeah, and and so and anyway, yeah, and Voller is alive. Right? Yeah, right. So no scars, nothing. Um, one of the one of the scenes where I just kind of felt like Voller was trying to be creepy and was and just sounded jokey was when he's talking to um, the room service gentleman who brought him his food, yeah. and he's like, you thought you won the war. Like, where were you born? And he's like, the Bronx. Where are you from? And he's like, I was born by Yankee Stadium. And then Voller's like, you haven't won the war, American. Yeah, like, well, yeah, go ahead. I don't know. That didn't really strike fear in my heart. Like, with some of the more established villains, yeah. like, let me let me think of a good example for villains. Well, can I can I say something? The Nazis in the Last Crusade were yeah. pretty good because you know Elsa Schneider. You never really saw her turning on Indy coming, like you never saw that. And then when Ray Donovan turned and he was kind of like leading them, 
he did it just for the money. And I think that was, I think that just kind of shows how much of a dog-eat-dog world it is in the world of archaeology. Like, I like that. I think that was a very well-set-up twist, well-laid out, and I think it was also thought out. But here, you know, the villain's not that creepy. Like, they, they were good at being bad. Like, and remember Mola Rob? Now, he was creepy. Now, he wasn't necessarily the best indie villain, but he did do a good job of being a villain. Like, but Voller, I feel like he was trying a bit too hard to be creepy. Like, Maz was actually good in this role, in my opinion. Just, like, that, that, that speech wasn't really necessary. Okay, let's go back to what you said in regards to this gentleman that walked into... So, Maz is in a hotel. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and he is posing as um, well, he's not using his his real name. He's, you know, to me, I, I thought he was actually posing as an American because he was on his way to get a Nobel Prize, um, you know, for helping uh, NASA with, you know, I, I guess, you know, helping NASA, you know, as a scientist. Um, wait, 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 wait. So he, if he's getting a Nobel Prize for helping NASA as a scientist. Right, I don't think they know his newest background as a Nazi, right? So he now, kept that secret. Yeah. Wouldn't if he was a Nazi, wouldn't he have sabotaged the Americans? Like wouldn't he have like covered up his work in a way that it looked like the um the ship just kind of exploded instead of making it to the moon and back successfully? Like I feel like if that's what he's receiving a Nobel Prize for for working on that and he's truly a Nazi, like, he would have tried to sabotage it. He would have sabotaged it, or at least tried to sabotage it. Well, I don't know. I I, well, like, I, I get that back. this is kind of a fixed point in time in the universe, because everything that happens in Indiana Jones happens in real life, except for the things that happen with Indiana Jones. So, like, all the events, World War II, Vietnam, the space race, these things are all happening both in our timeline and the Indiana Jones timeline. So they can't really alter that because it wouldn't really fit with Indy. But I'm just thinking they kind of should have, like, I don't know, dropped at least one line where Butler's like, I tried to sabotage those Americans. I don't know if that was his intention. I think that, you know, you're talking about things that happen in history, which is uh, factual. Um, I think there were people who wanted to help the U.S. win the space race, right? And it probably didn't matter where they were from originally, but they were very talented and they assisted with, you know, American scientists to help, you know, U.S. be a part of this space race. Uh, So he was posing as an American. You're talking about this scene where this gentleman, a black gentleman who walks into the, their hotel room, he's serving them. Oh, by the way, to be service. fair, you know, the, the, the yeah. person the U.S. was running against was Russia. Uh, yes, like, that's correct. The Soviet Union. Yes. The Soviet Union was more or less an ally of the Nazis during World War II. So that is correct. If the entire point of Voller's arc yeah. is to go back in time to help the Nazis win the war, wouldn't he have been on the Russian side? Because the Russians were the allies. They were fighting against the U.S. So instead of helping the U.S., shouldn't he have been helping the Russians who just so happened to be a contender in the space race? 
I don't know. That's a very good question. Right. I think he made a choice to help the U.S. And again, you know, we'll that, have to go that, back and look again, at. We'll have to go back that and just look at. Make sense. Yeah, but it's happened. Is 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 it? You know, there have there has been people from many backgrounds. Uh, didn't matter. Um, they helped the U.S. win or you know compete in the space race. So this gentleman walks in, and Voller is asking him like, "Where are you from?" And then you said the Bronx, right? I think that's where he said he was from. But Voller wanted to know, "No, where are your people from?" And I thought that was a very interesting question to ask. And I think what he was getting at was, you know, your people. You know, you fight for your country. Um, you served your country, but you're now you're back from the war, and here you are as a servant and you know what has this country done for you you know what is this you know yeah. what you know what happened to you you know what you know, what, what how is this country benefiting you yeah he served yeah, in I, the war I, yeah so the i war. think that was it was actually it was a couple of uh, lines of dialogue and then it was dropped it was intriguing but they never really they never picked up on it. yeah they didn't further follow it so yeah yeah we're talking yeah we're, we're spending a little bit more time than i expected on new york city but um so this sure. is actually one of my favorite parts of the movie um, was when um, Indy, you know, we were going back to Indian Helena, got captured. Well, the, well, the CIA was captured. She yeah, was and, yes, the CIA is after Helena because you know she, you, this is a seventy-year-old man yes, it's in right. a suit and yeah. tie, and he slams into some bookshelf. He he topples over an entire line of bookshelves. Yes, he's very strong. And like um, for a Clabber and Waller yeah. got him covered in bookshelves, and Clabber just like lifts up the bookshelf and walks off. Like he scoffs and walks off. Okay. I'm like, excuse me, sir. Um. About ten bookshelves just collided into each other mm -hmm. and fell on top of you. How are you not at least wincing? Like hurting up, like ah, when you get up, like I, I feel like. And you know what else? The Nazis just had teleportation in this movie. And what's and that mean? I'll talk about that later. Okay, but because I just want to finish up New York. Yeah. So basically. Indy manages to escape. Mm -hmm. Helena is on the rooftops and she's jumping across. And then Indy is on a horse. This man's on a horse and he's riding around and he gets cornered. So he goes down the subway and um, Clever follows him on a motorcycle and on a horse. And Indy pulls off some of the smoothest dodges. And then eventually, Clabber and Agent Mason come back, and they are just in time to watch Indy get onto the subway and escape. You know who he's sitting next to? A kid with an astronaut helmet. Okay. That was funny. Yeah, it was. Yep. <laughs> okay. And that kid's looking at him like... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, by the way, um, Clabber, um, he went after two people. Uh, they said it was three. I'm pretty sure it was two. Mm -hmm. What do you mean? The um, the um, I think she was the secretary. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We don't want to talk. About, yeah. That. That. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, Indy was framed. Okay. Yes. All right. So Helena, Helena escaped. Indy escaped. All right. So now they both escaped. Yes. Right. So 
Yeah, and this is all happening during the ticket take break. So now, all right, let's talk about Sala. Sala's back. All right. So yeah. I, I actually enjoyed him in this movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You notice um Sala seems to be in the better of the movies, one, three, and five. Mm-hmm. The other ones. Yeah. Like now, two and four, they weren't bad, but they weren't the best. Like now that I've seen all five indie movies, I didn't really like I don't really like Temple of Doom as much as I liked Raiders and Dial of Destiny and um Last Crusade. Last Crusade is my favorite actually. I, I think too. that I think that was the best one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because it was also the most relatable. All right. All right. So Sala uh, apparently is living in New York City. Um he I he thanked Indy for uh, helping bring his family over, um, immigrate to the United States. And Sala apparently has some intelligence on on Helena. And, you know, he lets Indy know that Helena had uh, a criminal record. Mm-hmm. Right. She's, um, she's also in debt and she's going to an auction in Tangier. She's going to an auction in Tangier. So apparently she's going to take the dial and sell it to the highest bidder because she needs Oh, by the, money. the way, she has the dial now. Yes, right. She has the dots. Yeah. So I was like, you know, I miss the desert. I miss the wind. I miss the sand. I miss waking up every morning and wondering what adventure I'll go on with you. You know, I brought my passport, old friend. Yeah. Right. What do you say I come with you? Yeah. And this is the part that hurt me the most. Indy totally blew Sala off. His friend of over 30 years and just blew him off. Like, eh, it's fine. And then Indy almost got run over by a car. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, so you know the scene in in the in the trailer uh, where Sala says, "Give him heck, Indiana Jones." I thought that was a pretty cool moment, right? Yeah, I I I was thinking, you know, you know, maybe maybe Sala is gonna be able to come with him. That'll be really nice, you know. Yeah, seeing them together on an adventure, but um, no. Yeah, I think it might have actually been nice if they had Indy, Sala, Helena, and Teddy. That would have been a pretty nice cast. Yeah, it would have been nice if they had something more. For or some. you know, brought short round instead of replacing him. Okay, so let's. Move. I don't know if Kiki Kwan's yeah. schedule was like too packed to fit in uh, Indiana Jones or something. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know why they didn't do us some band service. Yeah. So right. can I go By back way, to this? If you have some Q and A, put yeah. it in the chat. Yeah, thank talk you. Talk to us. Human interaction. Can we go back to the scene where you know Indy is at the airport and he's being you know solid drives into the airport. Indy is uh, you know like you said he you know turned away he didn't want Solid to go with him and then when Solid says give him look, Indiana Jones and Indy turns around and waves and then this car all of a sudden just comes out of nowhere. And almost hits Indy. You know, like, I feel like it that ruined, really soured the moment. Yeah, it, it, it ruined the shot. Is. And I have no idea. You know, there weren't that many moments where you can cheer Indy on. And like I said, I, I love that moment you know, like, when yeah. Sala put up his fists. And then it got ruined by this car just trying to come in. And I don't even know whose idea that was to to, yeah. to have that car break the moment. But anyway. And in, right. in the last crusade, yeah. you were cheering for this man the entire time. Like in pretty much all of these movies, you've been cheering for him. Yeah. I think that was I think that was amazing. Like that to just to see Indiana Jones and egg him on, whether it be in theaters or on the screen, but in this movie, there weren't many moments to do that. And the one moment we had got soured by that car. And 
I think it was just really sad that Indy blew Sala off. Like, they could have at least put in a lie where Indy's telling Sala, like, you know, you got a family to live for, man. I don't. I couldn't take you away from them. Yeah. You don't know what would happen. This is an adventure where you might not be able to come back. You have a family to live for. Stay with them. Spend as much time with them as you can. Like that would have been a lot more sentimental, a lot more nice. Just have like some sort of happy piece playing in the background, like sort of melancholy, but also upbeat. Like just something reminiscent of Raiders. Just to kind of go back to the old days with Indy and Sala. Like, just something nice. Like, a better send-off for him. Understood. Understood. Like, they use Sala as a taxi in this movie. Okay, well, I mean, he does come back at the end, so we will get back to Sala. As a taxi to take the kids to get some ice cream. Okay, all right. Q&A. Where we have any Dallas? Okay, in New York during the Apollo 11 parade, Indy didn't care to celebrate such a huge accomplishment. Later, we learned that he lost his son and his wife left him. That made him emotional. Yes, that that is true. Yeah, I feel like that would have been all the more reason to for him to tell Solomon, "No, you can't do this. You got a family." Mm -hmm. Like that would have been all the more reason to tell him that because he can't lose yet another friend. And the crazy thing is. I figured this out before um, before Helena asked Indy what he would do if he could go back in time. Because I'm hearing the news report, and I'm just thinking, like, what? So they're saying he lost his son, and he just got through a divorce. And I, I heard that, and I told Dad. I turned over to Dad in the theater, and I'm like, what's Dad? <laughs> Yeah, okay, we're going to talk about Mutt later as well. Okay, that was, first of all, I feel like that was very half-baked of a move to just get rid of Mutt like that. Like, I get that Shia LaBeouf wasn't really in the best position to return, but, like, they could have at least said he has his own family now or something like that. Like, have have him get a happy ending at the very least instead of just, you know, getting rid of him. I agree with you. All right. You know, so we didn't she, even have to see him. Yeah. They could have just mentioned him. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, since you brought it up, yeah, let's talk about Mutt. Um, so we, you know, of course, didn't see him for whatever reason. I don't know if it was necessary for Mutt to die. So apparently, Mutt did enlist in the army and he died in the Vietnam War. He died in the Vietnam War. I feel like that wasn't necessary because it yeah. just made this it just made Indy's rock bottom more rock bottom. Like I yeah. feel like him getting separated from Marion was enough. Yeah. Even though that shouldn't have happened either. Yeah. Because literally this was all set up as a happy ending in Crystal Skull and then they undid all of it. Yeah. I I feel like that was also very half baked. Well Okay, so here's the thing. Um, I I don't know. I wasn't expecting Indy to be in this state of mind, yeah. right? Um, I, I just found it very interesting that, you know, I, I, I don't know what it is about, you know, creators right now, nowadays. Um, they're giving a bad impression of growing old, right? And um, and I want to say more about it later on. But in 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 terms of Mutt, no, I don't believe he should have died. I, I think they could have, you know, said, well, Mutt is somewhere uh, overseas, maybe working overseas, abroad, right? Like... But I think they could have done a better job with um, putting 
uh, Indiana Jones in a better position, right? I don't think he needed to be at a point where he lost everything. But, you know, once we get towards the end of the film, you know, we could talk about, you know, what happens with Indy, why he is in this state of mind, and then come back and say, well, you know, what they, you know, the creators could have done, the writers could have done something a little bit different. All right. So, all right. Uh, so Tangier. So we're in Tangiers, right? So there's this auction going on. And Helen is selling the dial. Yeah. So Indy is there and he's like, you know, oh, oh, we're related. This dial is actually my property. I'm going to take this back. And Helen is like, um, 100. Do I hear 150? 150. Like she's still auctioning off this dial as Indy is trying to get it back. And then Voller and his henchmen show up and they're like, this is our dial now. And then Indy's like, cracking the whip like get back get. and right. then saw that in the trailer yeah everyone pulls out every type of gun and he's like uh-oh and then he has yeah. to duck right and he manages to escape once again mm-hmm. now and also Voller has the dial he manages to swipe the dial right uh from yeah. teddy actually and they almost capture teddy okay he manages to escape and then him and helena and indy um teddy drives a tuk tuk yes and, you know what <laughs> i feel like this is something that short round would have done like drive the car because remember in Temple of Doom, Short Route was the one driving the getaway car for Indy and Willie. Remember that? This just kind of felt reminiscent of mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And then they're trying to escape. Meanwhile, Voller is also in a tuk tuk or car. I don't know what he was in, but they're chasing each other. Indy's in one tuk tuk. Helena and Teddy are in another one. And then Indy crosses over to their tuk tuk as they're getting yeah. chased. And then it gets totaled so helena and teddy jump into another one and leave him behind so he manages to start up the old one and follow them and eventually they end up not being able to get the dial back like helena literally jumps onto the other car and breaks the window and starts grabbing at the dial and knocking waller and almost choking this man and he refuses to let go of the dial. I'm like, wow. I I find it amazing that you'd rather die than let go of the dial of destiny. But um, eventually, the tuk-tuks are too far apart, so Helena gets back on and manages to, you know, survive. And they kept riding. Yeah, all right, and post then- your comments, Q&A, all right? Bring them on in. Let's talk about it. Yeah, but this was another action scene, uh, which was, I thought, done very well. So the joke yeah. actually burns out. Yeah. The the yeah. Nazis escape, and Helena, Indy, and Teddy are kind of there. However, Indy gets the bright idea to grab Teddy's gun, and, they, and he uses that to cover the little burnt spot on the grill of the tuk-tuk because apparently gum is heat resistant okay all right uh so, so yeah so to wrap up tangiers okay uh so indy's there oh, by the way oh. indy is there um helen is there helen is, is there Beyonce. i don't i don't know how they knew where helena was going to be i know you once again teleportation Sala. Okay, is that what it is? Oh, that's what you're. There's that's more, your point of teleportation. Yeah, we'll like, get. Yeah, we'll Waller get there. must be a six-dimensional being. Yeah, it's interesting that he knows. Like Vala knows exactly where they're going to be, 
you know, I don't know how he knows this, but anyway. So at the end of t this Tangier scene, who gets the dial? Who has the dial at this point? Is it still yeah, with Yeah, it's still with Waller. Okay, all right. Oh, so, um, one more thing. Yes. Helena's supposed fiancé shows up, and he's like, I love you, Helena! Which and I have no idea why chasing after he her. showed up. Like, I don't, I don't yeah, know why he was there. Yeah, it was a little I feel like the Nazis were enough. Yeah. yeah. I remember when, uh, when Helena let go of the car, or wait, Indy was like, he put his feet up on the car, and then Teddy was driving, or Helen, one of these people was at the wheel, yeah. and then Indy's like pushing the car back with his feet, and the baller turns around, and he's like, Okay. <laughs> that was funny. All right. Remember, you're, you're making these, you know, there are going to be people who are going to be listening to the podcast. Right? Okay, so they can't well, see your facial expressions. Holler had this yeah. expression of disgust uh -huh. that was so comical. Okay. Now, you mentioned Teddy. You have to explain who Teddy is. Teddy so is. So, yeah. basically, Teddy is a friend of Helena's. Yeah. Young guy. Yeah. Teenager. Uh, um, a little, probably a little bit older than me. He's yeah. got a mustache. Yeah. Or, or, or just hair on his face so anyway he tried to steal helena's purse when he was 10 so helena took him in and they've gone on adventures together ever since okay all right i was thinking she'd say his parents died and she kind of you know adopted him you okay. know like short round all right post your comments or questions if you have them just uh let us know um uh, so all right so we'll keep going yeah and uh you want to talk about going? the tomb well, they're talking about the tomb of Archimedes. Archimedes. Yeah. Uh, so they find the tomb. Oh, by the way, um, Teddy is captured. Yeah. Yeah. So the um I... the Nazis pick him up and they put him into a not so suspicious unmarked van mm -hmm. that they then drive off in. Mm -hmm. That please don't follow people into unmarked vans. And then. Now we're in Sicily now, right? Um. Okay. This is the point. Pretty that's sure. yeah. That's where sure Teddy sure. gets captured. Um, so they find the tomb. They find the other piece of the dial, right? Yeah. Well, actually, there's a little bit of a piece in between there. Okay. So they go deep sea diving. Yes. Okay. Talk about and, this. Um, yeah. Puss in boots. Puss in boots. Yeah. So Antonio Banderas is playing um Indy's diver friend. I'm just gonna call him Puss in Boots from here on out. So um Puss in Boots, Helena. Because we and, don't remember the character's name, that's why. And Indy, <laughs> they uh Go ahead. They go deep diving. Yes. And, they, and they're looking for Yeah, they're looking for this little tablet that they have to translate. So um they managed to get it, but the entire place is filled with eels, which are underwater snakes, and we all know Indy is afraid of snakes. So, yeah, that wasn't crazy. Eel snakes, yeah. And then Helena swims up, yeah. but then she swims back to grab Indy and save him, and then they go back, only to find out that Puss in Boots' crew is very old, and Teddy is, once again, in the arms of these Nazis. This they found is, him, right? This is before they capture him. So eventually they're all just sitting down. The Nazis are all there. And Voller's like, translate this. Indy refuses. Um, they shot Puss in Boots in the knee. It, he survived that. But um, Indy, Indy still doesn't want to translate. He was about to, actually, I think. And then um, Puss in Boots got up, tried to fight him, 
very old by the Nazis. So, anyway, Helena gladly translates it, and they figure, where was it? Do you remember what was the translation? I, I, no, but okay, either yeah. way, it was not correct. Okay. And Helena also had dynamite. So she lit the dynamite, yeah. threw it at the boat, yeah. blew it up, you know. Yeah. Somehow, that's, these um, people, they figured they it out. And then, okay. Indy and Helena and Teddy, they managed mm -hmm. to escape. They get onto the boat. Mm -hmm. They're sailing off. Meanwhile, the six-dimensional being that is baller pulls out his binoculars. And he's just looking like... They're heading west and somehow manages to calculate the entire trajectory to where the tomb of Archimedes is by just knowing that they went in the wrong direction. Yeah, that was I, a little muddled for me. Okay, yeah, like, all right. So I, I think this is the middle part of the movie that maybe didn't gel for me. Like the uh, boat I thought could have gone of... in any direction yeah. from west. Mm -hmm. For all you knew, they were making a detour. Yeah. So. How did this six-dimensional being figure out that by the trajectory they were like this is what's going through Willow's head? At the trajectory they're going, the current rate, the miles, and the winds, the winds at the miles per hour, because they currently are, they are moving about fifty-three miles per hour. Now at those fifty-three miles per hour, they are heading due east, but they, which is where they should have been heading, but they're now heading due southwest. So if I follow them southwest, and then some, and then I manage to calculate the rest of the route. We'll be able to stop them and then follow them. Yeah, it's really hard to explain. You know, I wasn't planning on going beat by beat, but you know, it's yeah, that because it's sense. a lot going on. You know, it is a two and a half hour movie, pretty much. But you know, we're just you know, trying I to capture. I like the movie overall. Yes. Don't, don't get me wrong. Right. No hate. And we haven't even movie. gotten to the last third of the movie. But, uh, so, okay. Like no hate. Let's stop the Q and A. Movie. Let's stop the Q and A. Um, was all right. So, do we have any Q and A? Okay. I don't. It's not on the screen. Oh, question for Alex. Okay. Do you, Do you think Crystal Skulls required viewing for Dial of Destiny? No. Do if you, you want to get to know Mutt, who's not even in this movie, still no. <laughs> yeah, no. I, in my opinion, our opinion, you know, well, yeah. I, I, I can only give you my opinion. You don't need to see the Dial of Destiny. Not at all. I mean, you don't need to see Because the only thing you need skull. to know about the Dial of Destiny, Alex, is uh, Marion and Indy gets married. What? In, I'm sorry, in, in, in the Crystal Skull, sorry. Oh, yeah. In, yes. in Crystal Skull, Indian and Marion get married. And uh, Mud is in the movie. That's all you need to know. Because, you know, whatever ha what happened in, in, in the Crystal Skull kind of gets reversed in the Dollar Destiny, you know. So, yeah. Whatever. like So you don't need to see And Indy literally just found out he had a son. Yep, we're going to talk and about the that. And son died. And like, we can never get to the need end. To build an emotional attachment. Yeah, okay. So, like, Chris, Ryan, Chris, thank you so much, Chris. It, it definitely helps to have seen the Crystal Skull before seeing the Dial of Destiny for emotional impacts for a few scenes. Okay. I, I actually saw Crystal Skull. I, I still was not emotionally impacted by the decisions except for the fact that they didn't make sense. Well no, I think what Chris is saying that okay, so you know, we know that Indy and Marion gets married, but in Dial of Destiny, uh, they're getting they're divorced. Yeah. Right? And you know, Mutt uh, Indy meets his son for the first time in Crystal Skull and then 12 years later in Dial of Destiny, Mutt is gone. All right? Yeah. So that I, yeah. really I feel like that really wasn't fair. 
Mm-hmm. We didn't even have to see Mutt in this movie. No, just I, I know like, you, you're you're upset about Mutt. Yeah, making, it's, it's making motorcycles in Denmark. Or something. No, I understand that. Yes. So, all right. So let's get to. Uh, do we have any more Q and A? Dallas, thank you so much. It made me emotional. Yes, it was an emotional movie. Um, it was. Yeah, it was an emotional movie. Yeah, it was an emotional. Movie. <laughs> and Chris says I don't like ranking movies, but it's probably my top two or three because some stuff in the first indie flicks did not age well. Oh, yes. Okay. That that would be correct. <laughs> he said the first indie flicks, so maybe the first three. Those are films, but like yeah, I, I know what I know what flicks mean. But all right, okay, so let's go. Uh, so we got Damien Restori stopping by to say hello from the UK. Wow. Okay, great channel, guys. Never thought about doing the James British. Bond films. <laughs> I have to ask as a Brit. I, I think we'll gladly do the James Bond. Well, you have not seen any of the Bond films, but I have. Uh, I'm a big so I fan. I like to do those, actually. I, I'm a big fan of the Bond films. We'll see. We'll see. Which but thank funny. you so much for that question, Damien. Like, like um, which James Bond films in particular, like which actor do you want us to review or do you want us to do well, all of them? Well, there's 25 movies altogether. Exactly. So, so we'll have That's to 25 out. weeks of content. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll we'll talk about it. All that because I have to watch all those movies. Okay. So. So like. Yes. We we might have to space those out. Okay. All right. Uh, any more comments before Eric loved the film? We'll try to do some of them. Eric loved the film. All right. Great, Eric. Thank you. And I say watch all the films. Okay. Yeah. I got you. I got you. I I look. So I think Alex's question is: Do you need to see? The crystal like you skull need to, see it to understand to understand movie. the dollar destiny. So and I, and my answer is no. no. Now I'm not saying to Alex that you don't need to see it at all, but I think he's asking, is it necessary to see it? Yeah, so, like if you things. if you just want to watch it in order, I'd say do that. Yeah, um, I agree Eric. with you, Eric. Never see or hear yeah. from Short Round again. We were very disappointed like that, that we didn't get to really, see Short Round. Really unfair, yeah. like, and they really duped us with that special look because the only people that have special look were actors and cast of the current movie. Yeah, and George Lucas. You're right. You're right. So, like, so I, I don't know. Um, I, I really thought they could have put in a cameo appearance with with the Short Round, but it, yeah, they could have just. I, I, I didn't think. Him, you know, like, when we were talking about this last week, you know, what we expect to see in the Dial of Destiny, that was one of the things we wanted to see, Kihi Kwan. But you know, I, I don't think. I think I might write my for, own spinoff with Kihi Kwan. We're, we're going for a fan. What, what was it called again? The fan service. Fan service. You know, they weren't going for fan service, so you know, we weren't going to see them. So, Damien, uh, definitely do each each debut films. Okay, I got you. All right, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. So there are five James Bonds. So Damien's talking about maybe doing um, our maybe our favorite James Bond film from each actor, maybe. Well, they're so, debut films, so that's like. Well, yeah, we could do the debut. Film. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Thinking, that's like, not a bad idea. We'll, we'll talk what about we could it. Do is do all five of their debut films. I that might be a good idea. I think that's a good idea, Damien. So Chris says necessary, no, but that's the Star Wars nerd in me that ingests it all. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, Doctor right. No, are you mad? Secret Service? Yeah, that's correct. Live and Let Die, The Living Daylights, Goldeneye, Casino Royale. Yep. Five films, five bonds. There's six. Or are there six bonds? Yeah. Am I forgetting a bond? I, I might be forgetting. Oh, no. Yeah, so Sean Connery, Roger You're Moore. You're counting Pierce Brosnan, right? Yeah, Sean Connery, yes. Uh, George Lazenby, Roger Moore. 
Yes, t- I, I did. I am forgetting Timothy Dalton. I'm sorry. Ah. Not to, nothing against Timothy Dalton. Um, Pierce Brosnan. Please don't take that out of Daniel context. Craig. So six films. Okay. Mm-hmm. Eric says they should give Quan his own Disney Plus series that takes place in the 70s, if you ask me. Why not? What? Interesting. I, I think he's going to return in Loki season two, right? Didn't we hear that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's okay. going to debut in Loki season two. Well, you're right. Not return. But, you know, like I mean, we will see him again in, in Loki. So he's in Marvel. So he's on his way. Yeah. You know. He's an Oscar winner, Everything so you can see him. Any, you can see him. His speech had me in tears. You, you, he so, had me accepted that Oscar. You took my joke away. I was about to say you're going to see Kiki Kwan everywhere, anywhere, all you know, everywhere, everything, anywhere, all at once. So that's bad joke. He was like the Optimus Prime of the Oscars. It was a bad joke. Yeah. All right. So yeah. So bring in your comments. Let's talk about it. All right. Let's move on while we're waiting. Let's move on to talking about. Uh, we talked about uh, finding Archimedes. Um, Let's go to the siege. All right, so let's go. Let's talk about the ending. So, so we're, we're at the ending now, right? All right. Did I miss something? I was just going to finish up the tube. Go ahead. So, go, go ahead. Finish up the tube. Go ahead. I'll make this quick. Yeah. They, what they do is they melt that slab that Helena translated to find out that there's a map in there, which they also have to translate. And then they lead it to the tube where they find the other half, which Voller promptly takes. He shoots Indy. Helena yes. and Teddy escape, and yeah. then for some reason, Helena yeah. asked Teddy to fly a plane. Which he's never done before. So this, like, I'm going to assume he's 14. This 14-year-old yeah. is flying an airplane. And then Helena somehow manages to sneak in through the wheel ports. Right. Okay. So let's talk about this. So now the wheel ports have the body. So at this point, um, Valar has the dial, the complete dial. So Valar right? has all both of them. Right. It's working now. Yes. He's on his way. Yeah. He shot Indy. He's yeah. taking Indy with oh, him. By the way, Archimedes has a watch that is oh, a yeah. thousand watch. years let's ahead talk about of its time. Just this like two thousand years ahead of its time. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. this watch is very out of place. So we'll find out why later. Okay. And what happens is, is Voller's plan is to go back into 1939, and he is going to get rid of Hitler and then take over as the leader of the Nazis so that they can win World War II, yeah, which is twisted. Yeah, that's but wow. Indy being a smart man, he's like, you're going it's a wrong. So they end up going back to 212 BC. And that the is siege of the siege of Syracuse. Right. Okay. Exactly. Now, set up and payoff, right? This was the, the lesson that Indy was giving in his lecture at the beginning of the film, right? Mm-hmm. And here exactly. we are. So, which was interesting because I didn't pick up on it. I thought this was a very exciting moment in the film. When Vola uh, took off in his plane and he's going back in time, I'm really thinking that they're going to head back to World War II, that era. That's what I was thinking. And I was shocked that, you know, we went so far back. <laughs> they yeah. went to about uh, 2,000 years yeah. far back. Yeah. Like and, before the birth of Christ. And I thought that was awesome. You know, I was really, that was totally unexpected. Yeah. But, you know, you were talking about Helena on the motorcycle. You know, she's riding a motorcycle in the rain. And she leaps, on the leaps onto the carriage. plane before the plane takes off. And she then she is safe. Yeah. And then the dial opens this portal that yeah. uh, 
his plane follows, and then the plane that Teddy is is piloting also follows yeah. with the pilot sleeping in the back. So yeah. they're now in this timeline of um, BC. Yeah, yeah, BC and timeline. Fun fact: Archimedes is actually killed in this battle. In history, right? Yes, that's in historical history. information. Yeah, yeah. but historically, in the film. he is mm-hmm. killed at the very end. Mm-hmm. So Waller is panicking, and he wants to go back to present day. Yeah, and has no clue how to get back. And their plane crashes and burns, and uh, okay, they look like pizza that was left in the oven an hour too long. Okay, but you're skipping. Okay, Her right? Because you're not, okay, Keith, you're, you're skipping. So, so remember, Indy is on the plane, right? Yeah, and Helena is on the plane, and That's they tried it. But no, you didn't talk about Helena and Indy dropping off the plane before the plane crash. That's important to them. Oh, yeah. So they just, <laughs> I'm pretty sure you would figure that Indy and Helena survived yeah, their, their right. title. Movie. That was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, Indy, who's also been shot in the chest, somehow has the, like, and more towards the shoulder. shoulder. Yeah, yeah. He's been shot in, like, the shoulder. Yeah. But it's, like, right by his chest. Yeah. You'd think he'd be crippled at the moment. But he has enough strength to grab Helena, take out a Nazi, grab a parachute, and, and uh, pull the cord out the parachute and land. Yeah. And then in the next scene, he is struggling to stand up. Like, the, I feel like this. <laughs> what? They land right in the yeah. middle of the battle, right? Mm-hmm. There's a battle going on, battle of I feel like army. this, um, when Indy got hit, like, this was just kind of a plot point at some points in time, and then at other points it just wasn't there, because, like, remember, when Indy first got hit, like, he was, he couldn't even fight the Nazis, and then all of a sudden he's doing all these super moves, and then he lands, and he can't even talk straight, like. Yeah. And then that makes sense. And okay, he, and then the crash, right? Mm-hmm. You know, Vala's playing with with clabber on it. Yeah, and then they they're cl- gone. Then they crash and turn into pizza. Okay, so they're they're now gone. So now and, Indy is go ahead. Is Indy is on the beach or the, you know in the middle of the battle? Yeah. What does okay? Go oh, ahead. Real quick. So Archimedes actually grabs the watch. It's Vala's watch, everybody. Right. It's Baller's watch. So now tie that back because that's the watch that was found in, in Archimedes' too. Right. And okay. another thing, yeah. when we first see Archimedes, he has the pieces of the dial laid out on a table and he, it looks like he's struggling to put them together. Correct. And I, I'm just now realizing, like, him seeing the completed dial in the future. Yes. Is how he managed to complete it in the first place. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So like, yeah. So right. Archimedes hands back the dial, and Indy's like, "I want to stay here." And okay. Ellen is like, "No, if you stay here, you're gonna die. Like, yeah, y- you can't do that." And Teddy's landing, and he's like, "Helena, we gotta go. The the, the portal's almost closing." And Helena's like, "Sorry, Indy," knocks him out, which I'm like, "Good." Good. Okay. (laughs) Knock him out. Yeah, this was a little scary for me because he was having delusions of grandeur. I'm like, no, they are not about to burn down the indie franchise by leaving him two thousand years in the past. Yes. This was this was a sad moment for me, and I I just I I wasn't expecting it. Like I said, Indy's at a point where he has really lost everything, right? And he wants to stay in that era. He wants to stay to see the battle. He wants to see history 
happen right before his eyes. But he knows that he's not going to survive because they don't have the same the medicine or the same way to treat his wound um, there, if you know, the same as if he was back in his present time. So he was willing to die while watching history. Okay. I, I really feel like I, that's, that was lackluster. That, right. That and, didn't fit with Indiana Jones for me. Like, yeah. Okay. Indiana Jones is not a man who likes to just sit back and watch things unfold. Yeah. He's a man of action. Like mm-hmm. Jabril from Shanks for One Piece, like one of the things. Who? Never mind. Oh, One Piece, right. Yes. yes okay. Right. Yes. Yes. Anime. Okay. Yeah. He's the type of person who would believe that guns aren't for threats, they're for actions. Mm-hmm. He's the type of person who takes action. Like, he wouldn't just sit down and watch the Romans fight. Like, that does not fit with Indy's character arc. And after all these, after 30 years of adventures, I don't get why he just want to sit here and die. Like, yeah. I get that he doesn't have much left, but he has Sala. He has his goddaughter. He has Sala's children. He could still talk to Marion if he wanted to, because she's still alive. Like, he has a lot to live for, but they made it out like he did. Yes. Um, Yeah. And I'm so glad, you know. Now, first of all, let me, let me, let's talk about performances right here. So, Harrison Ford, as usual, you know, he can't give a bad performance as Indiana Jones. Um, Phoebe Waller Bridge, she is a, she is a con I guess she's controversial right now because some people are yeah. saying, well, they like her character, they don't like her character. Um, I don't really and get the it. I don't for think that, she was no. bad. I think she was actually a pretty good character. Right. Not my favorite in the franchise, but she was good. She did good in her role. Like I think she really I think she really was a good character for the part she was playing. Yes. So she at the beginning, she was not very nice to Indiana Jones, right? She took advantage of him. And, you know, she said some very mean things to him at the beginning. But as it turns out, she did the right thing, you know, because all this this moment about the dial and everything started with her, right? Because she was the one that came to Indy and asked about the dial. And there were people looking for her. So all this is happening with Indiana Jones. It's her fault. It's her fault, and right? She so she Indy needed to figure time, out. This would have been her fault. Yeah, she needed to figure out how to get Indy back to the present day, right? So she did what she had to do. She knocked him out. And they were back in New York, 1969. And he's back in his bed. And he's still healing from his wounds. Um, we see Marion, you know, cameo of Marion coming back. and Karen Allen. Yeah, yeah Karen they Allen. They had her on back. Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. So I'm like, yeah. Yeah. I yeah, they, much I, I thought that was uh, a spoiler because I didn't know if she was going to be in the movie, but apparently maybe it got out that she's in the movie. So I was expecting to see her. So she shows up at the very end and she's concerned about Indy and the spark is still there. Um, so there might be a, a rekindling of that relationship. Who yeah. knows what happens? So Once that's again. Yeah. I, so that's I just feel yeah. like that really just it was it was sad. And I feel like it didn't fit with the way Crystal Skull established things. Okay, you see that. So let me, okay, so now that's how the movie ends, all right? So um, let's talk about, like, the the thing that doesn't sit well with me with the the portrayal, with the film is the portrayal of Indy. 
I, I don't see why Indy had to be at a point where he lost everything. You know, we're talking about him wanted to stay. And one of the reasons why he wanted to stay in, 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 in uh, uh, Syracuse in BC was that he felt he had nothing else to live for. There was nothing back there, back in his time, you know, to live for because he lost his son. He lost his wife. And I thought that was very sad. And I didn't expect that to happen to Indy because if you, Remember, in the last crusade, Indy so much wanted to have a relationship with his dad, right? And he felt that his dad put these uh, these uh, idols or whatever, these artifacts, these valuable artifacts before him all the time, you know, at, at all times, right? You know, things that were 200, hundreds of years old was more important than, than Henry Jones Sr.'s relationship with his own son. So he, so that was the, the the idea of the Last Crusade, these this father and son rekindling and getting back together, right? So, and now in the Crystal Skull, going back to the Crystal Skull, Indy finds out a little too, you know, seventeen years later, you know, when his son is 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 a teenager, or you know, growing up, you know, like a couple of years from you know being an adult, he finds out that he has a son. All right. Now, I don't know why this is a creative decision by the writers to have Marion keep that a secret that Indy had a son. I think maybe they thought that would have been such a big reveal in, in the Crystal Skull that, wow, here, Indy, here's your son. But Indy lost those years of spending time with his son, right? You know, like throwing a ball or oh. teach him how to ride a bike. That time is lost. Okay. So yeah. can I say this? So now, here we are at uh, the Dial of Destiny, and here's Indy. He lost he lost his son, so now he has nothing. But why did he have to lose his son? Why couldn't they have given Indy maybe uh, grandchildren, right? Give Indy something to live for, right? Indy could have been a grandfather who was taking care of his grandchildren, Sala has grandchildren, so how about their children getting together and playing together and, you know, telling stories about how the granddads found the Ark of the Covenant, you know, something like that, something a little more upbeat and optimistic, you know, that was the part this that... It was really yeah. bleak at the beginning. Well, yeah. Like, yeah, okay. I, I just felt like they stripped everything away from Indy yeah. and then said, Lights, camera, action. Yeah, yeah. So and one thing. Um, so I'm guessing Mutt died in like 1967. Well, we don't know because India Marion were married up until 69. Well, right. Yeah, we don't know exactly when he died and when they got divorced. But but yeah. I'm assuming it'd be like 68 to 67. Okay. For a little bit of time, or maybe it was 1969. Okay. Uh, so we're going to see if there are any more Q&A. So we're going to start wrapping up. I know it's a little past an hour. Uh, so Damien says, not seen Dial yet, but going to uh, Thought Free. Uh, I hope we didn't spoil it for you, Damien. But mm -hmm. uh, still no villain will top Molaram. I think you said that. As a four-year-old when Doom... I didn't say that. Oh, okay. So Molaram's not your favorite. So yeah. as four years old, when Doom came out, it was terrifying but fun viewing. What age were you when I first... When you first saw Doom. You were four? Four years old. Yeah, that's actually interesting. So you saw it for the Dude. first time just a couple of months ago. I was... Why I was did in you my, do that? I was... Well, look, he... He, he, I don't think he sat down to say, hey, I want to watch Indiana Jones at the Temple of Doom. I think maybe, you know, an adult might have 
allowed him to see it at four. Anyway, so your question is, so Keith just saw it a few months ago. Um, I saw it when I was in my teens. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we talked about the controversy with the film and the violence. So we have that. We reviewed actually that we have now reviewed all five Indiana Jones films. So you can actually go back and see the other films that we, you know, discussed. Yeah. Um, as we wrap up, let's see if there's any more Q&A. But yeah. None. All right. Okay. Uh, so did we get everything? Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. So we want to remind you. That, okay, Damien, stopping by the set. Yeah. Oh, we already saw that. Yeah. Okay. Um, so we just wanted to remind you that there is this new podcast out there. Uh, it's the a six-part series. Yes, called The Redemption of Jar Jar Binks. Um, it is a part of the TED uh, TED podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, so The Redemption of Jar Jar Binks is hosted by Dylan Marin, yeah. and it'll revisit one of the most divisive characters on the big screen. The six-episode series will discuss toxicity in the fandom, race, and what we've learned from this controversy more than 20 years later. Yeah. We were also just published in StarWars.com on the fan page. Thank you to Clayton Sandell for writing the article and Kristen Baber for arranging the interview. And join us on our race to 1,000. We are less than 50 subs away. We can do this, so please subscribe. Get all your friends to subscribe to our channel. You know, you guys are what make our channel happen. Because without viewers and without subscribers, we'd be nowhere. Agreed. Agreed. So where can people find us, Keith? You can find us wherever you get your podcasts if you'd like to listen. Our socials are Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Fathers and Galaxy. Website, fathersandgalaxy.com. Our merch store is fathersandgalaxy.myspreadshop.com. Email us at ker at fathersandgalaxy. Our Patreon page is patreon.com slash fathersandgalaxy. And by the way, if you were wondering where Secret Invasion was, we are moving our Secret Invasion reviews to Wednesdays. Like, we're not sure if we're going to be doing Secret Invasion 2 and 3 together, or if we just want to be a week behind. We're just going to... We'll figure it out. We're going to plan on that thing. We're going we're gonna to figure that one out. Yeah. But either way, you will be getting a Secret Invasion review on Wednesday. Okay. Uh, Damien said, the reason I asked, I love the Hasbro indie figures and hope Molarong gets made. Have you guys seen the Holy Grail Knight and Dad figs out soon? I have not. I haven't seen any of the indie toys. Are these new toys? I need to look that, you know, I need to check that out. I think that'd be pretty cool from from Hasbro. Last Crusade. From the, okay, I have. Yeah, remember where they were searching for the Holy Grail, and well, Indy had to go through all those puzzles, and then they found it, and then Ray Donovan drank from the Walter, wrong one. Yeah, Walter, so you. I, just, I, I keep calling this man Ray Donovan. So wait, so Walter you, Donovan drank from the wrong one, and he ended up tripling up. You've seen go. these toys? Um, no, but I know the Holy Grail Knight, and Dad is um Henry Jones Senior. Oh well, okay. I was just asking about the toys. Like I have not seen. I mean, I have not seen many toys in 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 the last forty years. So I, I guess they're now coming out. Maybe Hasbro is now coming out with a new line of toys. Scare yeah. Scuttlebutt Podcast. Just wanted to stop by and say hello. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Have a great stream. Oh, uh, we really appreciate that. Thank you so much. All right. Uh, Damien says really enjoying Secret Invasion. Yeah, um, we saw the first two episodes. Um, we'll talk about Secret yeah. Invasion is something else. We'll talk about episode two this coming Wednesday. So we're going to be a little bit behind, but we'll catch up by next week. Mm-hmm. All right. We'll be back on. We'll be back on. All right. So this is fun. Um, 
I, I think there was a lot more that I could have said about this film, but I, I think we got the, you know, we got the picture. We we did enjoy this film. It was yes, really good we, film. Um, we do like it. Yeah, I, I, I think um, Indy might have been portrayed a little bit differently if I were to change anything about the film. But outside of yeah. that, the action sequences were wonderful. Um, it, it felt like an Indiana Jones movie and uh, great performances. For most of it. Okay, for most of it. All right. For most of it. <laughs> and John Williams, once again, you know, thumbs up, John Williams. Okay. All right. So, everyone, thank you so much for joining us on this episode. Target has a new line of Indiana Jones toys for sure. Did not know that. All right. We'll have to find out. Uh, Damien, what's your thoughts on the next Spider Man movie? Who, uh, who would you like to see as a villain? Is maybe a Scorpion story? You know, I think. There's a Spider Man expert right here. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. So if I were to write Spider-Man 4, I'd want to tie up some loose ends. And one of those is to bring back Scorpion and Vulture from the Morbverse. So at the end of Morbius, Vulture ended up in Morbius's world and he morbed out. And Spider-Verse actually explained that when all those villains kept getting sucked through timelines and ended up in different universes than they should have been. Like how we saw a medieval vulture in um, Gwen Stacy's timeline. So that's why Vulture was in Morbius' world. And I think what I would like to see is like Spider-Man, he's got his um he's got his No Way Home final swing suit once again. You know, just not he's trying to get back with his friends like Ned and MJ, just trying to explain to them everything that happened. By the end of the movie, they'll be completely up to speed. I think that's one of the things they really need to fix. And he's also going to have to talk to Happy and let him know Happy will help him design a new suit because remember, his um his Far From Home suit was made in Happy's jet, which they still have. So that's how he'll make a new suit for the end of the movie. And Scorpion is going to be the main villain. He'll have had, like, a new suit. And I think it might be nice to have this movie kind of be, like, on the ground. Like, maybe even having, like, Kingpin be hiring a bunch of villains to go after Spider-Man. Like, maybe Scorpion is one of the villains he hires. I saw one of these theories online, which I agree with. That was my original theory. And, like, Okay. Scorpion will be the main villain, but they can't kill him off. They have to save him for the Sinister Six. And then at the end, like the end credit scene, we see Kingpin talking to Rhino and Vulture. And then for the mid credits, like Daredevil shows up in his um his non condiment suit. Like Daredevil and She Hulk show up in New York City and they're talking to Peter and Peter's like so what do you want me to do? And they're like, that man you fought? That was Kingpin. He's a villain of ours. And then, like, Kate Bishop and Echo show up, and then, like, uh, it's over. Did you write the first draft of the screenplay? Like, what is, where is all this coming from? My head. That time to I just of- thought of this. Oh, my. wow. Okay, so so who's the villain? You said the main villain would be Scorpion? Yeah. Okay. That's what you put predi- the your You know what, shocker? I'll throw a shocker in there. Okay. So like to have to have um what's your call this man? Um Kingpin talking to Shocker, Rhino, and Vulture, starting to recruit them for the Sinister Six. And one thing I'm realizing, we don't have a green goblin or a Doc Ock in this universe. So I feel like they might be set up in, like, Spider-Man 5, and then, unironically, Spider-Man 6 would be the one where the Sinister Six shows up. Wow. 
Okay. And also even having Miles in it, like Miles Morales. Yeah. I feel like that would be really nice. Oh yeah, it, we got to see Miles eventually mm-hmm. on the Yeah, big, we got to have yeah, him the big screen, in, live in the big screen. Yeah. And yeah. then, you know, Miles and Peter in Spider-Man 6 will be teaming up to oh, fight the Sinister Six. And Miles will have already had experience with this because he's been in Earth-42. And in Earth-42, there's a Sinister Six, like, there's a Sinister Six criminal syndicate in that world that Prowler Miles is, I don't know what his ties are to them. I don't know if he's opposing it or if he's with them or if he's, like, you know, kind of a medium, like if he's neutral to them. I don't know, but by then, um, Beyond the Spider-Verse will have come out, so that Miles will have had experience, and he'll be with Gwen's team, you know, um, when she assembled Hobby and Peter B and Spider-Bite and um, Paviter, and they're going to find Miles. So I think that would be really nice if he's with them and he's talking to Peter like, there's a there's a multiverse of us spiders out there, like so like that because phases four, five, and six are labeled the multiverse saga, and I think that Spider-Man six should come out in phase six. So like that would be twenty twenty seven, I'd say. Like that's assuming that Spider-Man four comes out now, Spider-Man five in twenty twenty five, and Spider-Man six in twenty twenty seven. And then, you know, I'm also thinking maybe not to see Gwen in this movie, or maybe if we do, it'll be like a friendship between them. Because in both worlds, they've lost each other. Like, Gwen's Peter is dead, and then Peter's Gwen is dead. So just seeing the two of them on screen and their chemistry, like knowing that the two of them are all right, just seeing each other's faces again, and just being friends, like... I'm glad you're okay, and each just kind of be back, like, re- like to just say, I'm sorry, like, I'm sorry I couldn't save you in my world. And then Miles is just kind of the comic relief, not to break up that moment, but to just kind of bring us back from sadness and be, like, kind of the person who is not exactly the lead, but he's, like, the co-lead. Like, they're all each leading their own parts of the movie. So everybody's a co-lead of each other. Not like to have Peter overshadow Miles and Gwen, or Gwen overshadow Miles and Peter, or Miles overshadow Gwen and Peter. Like, to just have each other work off of each other, and just the chemistry of each other. The phone is ringing. I think Tom Holland's on the other one. (laughs) Sony, if you're listening, there you go. You got your first yeah. draft. So, Sony, uh, I would not mind writing script for you guys. <laughs> like, I would actually, I would actually love to. You, you can tell me if you're like interested in what I write for you, or if you want me to change anything. But I, I'll be there. All right. A, I'll take, I'll take into the Spider Verse one step fo- further. Instead of, instead of animating it, I'll write it. Yeah, there's a Zoom call coming in from Zendaya right now. So ah yeah, uh, we'll, 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 hold on, hold. we'll be back in one minute. Okay, yeah, well, well yeah. So uh, this is fantastic. Yeah. I like, wow. I okay. <laughs> to be continued. All right. So we will yeah. talk more you know about. I think we'll make yeah. an episode on our chronologic should. theories of the um, next Tom Holland trilogy. I and think one more thing, they got to drop the home. 
drop the home. Yeah, like however movies homecoming, far from home, no. Oh home. yeah. So like, I think yeah, gotta, that's the trilogy. Yeah, they that. gotta come up with something. Yeah, they gotta else. get yeah, rid of that nomenclature. Yes. I think we're kind of done with the homes. Understood. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Not exactly to have every movie have the same label, but just different movies. Okay. We got more content to talk about. All right, this is awesome. I think that'll be a great idea to discuss Tom Holland's future film. And All right. again, like Spider-Man 4 should just be kind of a street level movie, I'd say. All right. And then Spider-Man 5 should be spent introducing Rhino and giving us a little more strength behind the character of Shocker so that when we see him in Spider-Man 6, it's not a Shocker. There you go. <laughs> and I think in that movie, yeah. we'll also get like a post credit scene of Green Goblin and Doc Ock, like in the lab with each other, working together, bouncing ideas off each other. You know, no, none of the accidents will happen in that scene, but they'll know each other. And then when they meet up in the Sinister Six, they won't know that it's each other. I got you. Until like the end. When when one of them says something that makes it a little too personal, and then they both realize, you know, we're after the same guy. Yeah. All right. And then I think Doc Ock should have a little bit of good in him in both movies. Because in No Way Home, Ock was like, I think he was actually trying to be good, but like those, the arms were taking him over. Like they were being, they were being like his second brain, but in a way he didn't want them to. Yeah. So I think that would be nice to see him in control of himself, like in control of his own technology. Like remember when Spidey gave him that chip that um fixed his um fixed his arms so that he could think with his head and not the arms attached to his back. Gotcha. I All think right. that would be nice. All right. Mm -hmm. Is that it? Yeah, I think that's it. I yeah. remember in the Amazing Spider-Man Two, yeah. we were just walking past that gallery of the Rhino suit and mm -hmm. Vulture wings okay. and Harry Osborn's glider, and then that never went anywhere. So, can they bring that back? You think? Uh, I yeah. mean, in Amazing Spider-Man Three. Oh, oh well, I think you're so you're saying like you know we could bring back Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man, yeah, along with like, Tom Holland not in Tom Holland's movie because it's two separate the films. Sinister Six yeah. come in twice. Okay, yeah, we, yeah, we don't want that. Yeah, defeat the, the purpose because okay. like if if we're gonna have Sinister Six in Tom's universe and yeah. then have Sinister Six yeah. in Andrew's universe, it's just gonna kind of be repetitive. So I'm thinking. Maybe the Sinister Six of that world will have a few different members, yeah. different stories, different plot lines. Yeah. And one of the things I don't want to do in Spider-Man 6 is have Venom. Okay. Like, I'm nothing against Venom, mm -hmm. but I yeah. don't feel like he'd fit in that type of in that type of movie. All like right. having Rhino, Shocker, Vulture, Green Goblin, Doc Ock. And Scorpion would be good. Like, I know Sandman and Venom are usually part of that. And also Mysterio. But, like, Mysterio's kind of dead. Let's pick this up, Keith. Because yeah. I know we can go on and talk about theory this for another two too. hours. So, Damien, if you're still theory. there, thank you so much. Awesome theory. Yes. Matt Pat, please don't sue us. Thank you so much, Damien, for your question. And actually, you had a very good idea. We'd love to have you on the show to talk about Spider-Man, Matt Pat. 
doing the James Bond ah, first films. I'm okay. have to email you. Until next time, everyone. We gotta go. <laughs> Thank you. Take care. Well, and we'll see, see you again. again. This is Keith and Kerwin of Father Said Galaxy. Are you ready to be blown away by an audio experience that will transport you to another galaxy far, far away? Look no further than the Logitech A30 headphones, Mandalorian edition. Designed to cater to both music enthusiasts and avid gamers, this headset delivers exceptional quality and comfort, making it the ultimate choice for anyone seeking a truly immersive audio experience. Let me tell you, it's like magic for gamers like me. I can hear every little detail from the subtle sounds to the super important audio cues that give me an edge in the game. Every footstep, explosion, and whisper feels so real. I love listening to music. The noise-canceling feature allows me to escape from the outside world. The sound is crystal clear and makes for an amazing experience. So check out these headphones. You won't be disappointed when you buy them. The Mandalorian A30 wireless headphones. By Logitech.